What's going on family? Let's talk about something that's been buzzing in the tech world, AI safety and security. How do you feel about the rapid advancements in AI and the potential risk that it brings? Have you heard of the stories about AI being tricked? It's a real concern, but fear not because there's a real solution, AI Red Teaming. You see, AI Red Teaming is all about stress testing. You see, AI models and deployments to prevent unauthorized access and data leaks. It's about ensuring that your AI can't be tricked into providing information beyond its intended use. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. My friends over at HackerOne has a community of over 750 active hackers specializing in AI security testing. You see, in a recent engagement, just 18 hackers identified over 100 valid findings in just two weeks. That's the power of ethical hackers. Wow. So if you want to ensure the safety and security of your AI deployments, look no further. Head over to HackerOne.com and explore their AI red teaming services. With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands. Let's skip over this next question because you went there. I, I, I just got to ask this question. So when we were at um, our friends Terry's um, event, you know, Terry Egioma, who made Love her. so much money, you know, last year, <laughs> teaching courses, doing what you do, and she made $10 million, right? Well, at this particular event, Amy, you said something that kind of rubbed me a little wrong. You already know what you said, and we talked about this, but I yes. just want to make sure that people hear it. You said... So a recent study came out and revealed that nearly 48% of the people who look like me, black people, minority people, will make on average about $38,000 a year. Now, the average person in America will make anywhere between like forty-five dollars to $55,000 a year. And to be honest, I don't like that. You and I both deserve more than that. We deserve the six figures if we're willing to put in the work. And I'm super excited because I have just recently partnered with an organization that can help you get there within nine months. And that organization is called Bethel Tech. My friend Ryan here today is with me. Ryan, what are y'all doing over there at Bethel Tech that is changing people's lives in the next nine months? Yeah, we are the first online Christian coding boot camp in the world. We equip individuals with the most in-demand tech skills like software development, Ooh. data science, UI, UX design. We just launched cybersecurity so that individuals can go into the marketplace and get high paying, high growth careers in the tech space. Like how much? Well, average starting pay for a developer is $65,000. Not uncommon to be making six figures within a year, yeah. honestly. That's just where the demand is and, and that's the, the, the rocket ship growth in the space. So listen, we're about to get into today's show, but I want you to make I want to make sure that you check out the link in the show description. Listen, Bethel Tech is changing your life in the next nine months. If you can commit to nine months, I promise you the next nine years of your life has changed. Let's get to today's show. What's happening? No capital. We AO about to get a play Pull up to the table. Let's go. Yo, what's going on, fam? Welcome back to the table. It's Monday morning, and today I have a special one for you. Today we're going to be talking about ladies, queens. 
how to grow your business and eventually quit your nine to five, AKA eight to five job. That's right. I'm so pumped about today's show. But before we get to my guest, I want to set it up like this. The Harvard Business Review released a new report sharing that black women, minority women in the U.S. are opening more businesses than their white counterparts. 17% of minority women are in the process of starting or running new businesses <laughs> compared to just 10% of white women, and check this out, 15% of white men. Now, let's be real. This is absolutely amazing news for our sisters and for the culture. But that's not all they shared in this Harvard Business Review report. Now, unfortunately, while black women are leading the way in starting new businesses, only 3% are running mature and successful businesses. Wow. Wow. And most take on more debt to go back to college and are like and are less likely to own their own homes. So let's be real, sisters. Uh, while you're leading the way in entrepreneurship, you're behind when it comes to building financial wealth. And that's not good. So I want to help you change that and equip you with the skills to grow your business and to get out of debt and build wealth and build a successful business. That's why I'm so excited, so, so, so excited about today's guest, my sister from another kind of mother, Amy Porterfield. She is a business coach and marketing expert. She's also the host of the top-ranked business podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy. And I mean, I have personally been listening to this podcast, and it has changed the way I market my current business. Now, what I love about Amy is she used to work with the motivational speaker who we all know, the business guru himself, Tony Robbins. Now, she helps uh, people to market and grow successful business especially women of all races. Her courses have helped over 250,000 entrepreneurs stroke. So y'all, let's get to today's show with my girl, Amy Porterfield. What's going on, sis? Oh my goodness. I have been looking forward to this all week. I am so excited for this conversation. You make me laugh. My cheeks are going to hurt by the end of this. I <laughs> Man, listen, I've been looking forward to this. Uh, we met... Um, a few weeks back, and we'll we'll get to that because I definitely I need you to clarify something on what you oh, said. No. Um, but I mean, we'll definitely get to that. But let's start, Amy, with your story. Like you, you are successful. Um, you've built a multi-million dollar business, um, and I just want to know. Let's 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 skip the multi-million dollar business right now. But who is Amy? Like who should we who should we know before the woman you are today? Okay, so. I am a wife to my husband, Hobie, and I've been married almost 13 years, and I have a stepson. His name is Cade. He's 19 now, but he was in my life since he was four, oh, wow. so um, that's really special to me. And I live in Nashville, Tennessee, but I just moved from California where I was born and raised. So Wait. We're, yeah, we're, it's ridiculous we're not in the same room right now because we are in the same town. Exactly. Same town. And we're from the same state. 
I grew I up in San Diego, California. I, when you told me that, I could not believe it. We <laughs> knew all the same places. It's crazy. Yeah. So I absolutely love Southern California. And that's where I went to school at UC Santa Barbara and then started to get my first few jobs. And I landed a job, the one that kind of changed everything for me, with peak performance coach Tony Robbins. Oh, so that was, what, that was my very last corporate job I had. Yeah. And I was the content a director, which meant that I got to work on the content that Tony did on stage, like Unleash the Power Within and Date with Destiny. And it was incredible. So I literally got to travel the world and work on this content that Tony would do on stage. And it was amazing. So a lot of my entrepreneurial uh, uh, strategies that I learned from the get-go, especially mindset strategies, came from Tony especially. Okay. So I was there almost seven years and it was incredible. And while I was there, he had this one fateful meeting that it was fateful to me because he brought in a bunch of internet marketers and he wanted to know how they were running their businesses. This is what I love about smart entrepreneurs. They ask other entrepreneurs that are doing amazing things. How are you doing this? So he brought all these internet marketers into the room. And uh, he sat him at this big oak table. I remember it was like it was yesterday. And he wanted to hear about the digital courses that they were creating. I was brought in to take notes. That's how humbling <laughs> this was. I was not at the main table. I was at a little side table. I was brought in to take notes. And I probably took the worst notes of my life because as they were going around, all men for the record, there was all men at the table. They were going around talking about their businesses. All I heard was freedom. I heard wow. lifestyle freedom, financial freedom, creativity freedom. These guys were their own bosses. They were doing their own thing, creating really cool digital courses and really cool businesses. And they were helping other people and they were making a difference. And I thought, I have no idea how they're doing it or what they're doing. Like no idea, but I wanted a piece of it. Yeah. And that was the moment that I thought, I don't know what's going to happen, but I got to figure this out. Fast forward a year later and I had officially left my corporate job and started my online business, which in the first two years was a disaster. But one thing I'll (laughs) add to that, The last year that I was in corporate, I asked to move into marketing to work on those launches. I asked to be behind the scenes of some of the product launches they were doing. I put my hands in anything they'd let me because I wanted to be a part of that and I knew nothing about it. So that part was really cool. And I took baby steps. Then I asked to go part-time. Then I asked to work from home. And since I'd been with the company a long time, the answers were always yes. So I'm a big proponent of baby steps. I love it. I love it. Let, let's go back to this. Um, when you was at the table and you saw all men at this table as a woman, yeah. I'm curious, did a thought come to your head? Like, well, wait, where where are the women? Where are the ladies at at this table? Uh, yes, it was it was a little bit. It actually made me afraid. Like, wait a second. Why aren't women at this table? Meaning, like, is there room for us? Like, I was young and new at the time. So I thought, could I even break into that? And is this a place for me? I don't know if you've ever heard of the term bro marketing. Is no, that something that you've heard of? I've never okay. heard of that. Teach me. In my industry, it's a big deal. Bro marketing, it was especially prominent when I came on the scene 13 years ago. It's the guys that are standing in front of the Ferraris telling you like you could make money and it's super easy and they're slick and kind of gross. 
that was the time of bro marketing. Not necessarily the guys at the table, but what I had seen a lot of. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't know if there's room for me, but I'm going to figure it out. And one of the first things I did is I found another female entrepreneur doing something similar to what I wanted to do. And that helped me immensely. So I started to look for evidence that I could actually do this. Wow. wow. So let, let's stay right there. When we talk about female entrepreneurship, because it's big right now, you know, yeah. there's this whole, you know, I'm not a huge fan of this statement. I'm going to be real, but you know, okay. uh, ladies, you know, well, we're going to talk about that later, but you know, ladies are really big on starting businesses. The Harvard yeah. Business Review just said that 17% of like specifically minority ladies are actually starting businesses. Why do you believe female entrepreneurship is important? And why is it so important for women, especially minority women, to be entrepreneurs right now? Ah, uh, so many reasons. Number one, we need more representation in the entrepreneurial space. I Women in general, but especially women of color. Like yeah. it is something that is incredibly important because their voices are not represented. They have mm. important things to say. They have a different perspective than, let's say, these white guys that are doing it. And we need that. We need that to be better in this world, to do bigger things. And so being underrepresented, meaning that ideas aren't on the table, things aren't getting done, maybe at the level that they could be getting done. And so that part to me, the voices, the opinions, the insights, the experiences, they need to be there and they're not there at the level they should. In addition, I'm really big. I don't have a daughter, but I have a niece. Mm. She needs to see that other women are doing this. She doesn't need to go into a meeting and see a bunch of men around a big oak table calling the shots, doing all the things and not seeing herself in there. And that goes even farther for a minority that she rarely sees herself there. So if these young women don't see themselves, they may never believe that it is their opportunity or there for them. So we need to see it in order to believe it. And I think that's also important. The third thing is that I want women to make their own money. And I know uh -oh. we're going to get to uh -oh. this conversation. Uh -oh. I know, I know. <laughs> but I want, here's the thing. I want women to make their own money, no matter if they're in a relationship and their partner's making great money as well. I want them to always know that no matter what happens, they can stand on their own two feet alone. And I just think that's really important. And I just know, <laughs> I know it's going to come. I'm like getting nervous. I'm getting hot in the cheeks. But it's, it's important to me. And, and I know I'm more confident. I'm stronger. I have bigger opinions because I know no matter what, I can stand on my own. And there we go. That's all I'll say to that. And you know what, though? Real talk. For those of you all um, who are just now joining the show, y'all, Amy Porterfield is is legit, man. I've had an opportunity to to do an event with her and then also break bread with her. And we laughed. And I'll talk about oh, one yeah. of the coolest one <laughs> ladies I've ever met. And then I can go a little bit deeper because I can say this with Amy. One of the coolest white people I've ever met. Wow. Uh, we had a real hard conversation. Amy's sitting right there like just, oh, let's talk. And, and you have a heart for all people, but I really do love your heart for even people who don't look like you. So when I hear you say that kind of stuff, it's so cool. Let's skip over this next question because you went there. I, I, I just got to yeah. ask this question. So when we were at um, our friends Terry's um, event, you know, Terry Gioma, who made so much money, you know, last year, <laughs> teaching courses, doing what you do. And she made $10 million, right? Well, at this particular event, 
Amy, you said something that kind of rubbed me a little wrong. You already know what you said, and we talked about this, but I yeah. just want to make sure that people hear it. You said that you believe that a woman shouldn't need a man for nothing when it comes to making money. And so all the brothers in the room were like, ooh. Like, we felt like we were not good partners. Like, we mm. were not good helpmates you know, for, for our queens. And you was like, you would never partner with the man again. Now you're married, so we're not talking about the marriage life. You're mm -hmm. talking on the business life. I know your husband, love your husband, great stuff. But on the business tip, you really believe that a woman doesn't need a man, should never partner or, like, help me understand what you're saying. Okay. I don't want to put the wrong thing in your mouth. Okay, and I actually really, we didn't get to talk about your perspective and Ooh. so, and how maybe the men were filling in the audience with that. So please let's come back to that because okay. I could learn from that. So I want to hear that. Okay, I'll so, do it out. Okay, good, good, good. So when we were talking, little did I know kind of like we, our friendship started after that. So if I only knew you the way I know you now, I would be dying inside what I was saying. So the, first of all, we got to back up. The conversation turned to one of the things, the hardest thing I've ever gone through, which was a partnership that I got into halfway into my business with a, a guy and not a, like you said, just a business partnership. Yeah. And it went well for a while. And then when I wanted out, it was really, really, really hard. And um, no no disrespect to him. I was not who I am today. Mm. I was scared to speak up. I, I let him call the shots. I asked him questions every which way. And if, if I'm being honest, I've got some daddy issues going back to the way I was raised with my father. He was the boss, yeah. the number one guy in the family. He made the money. He called the shots. My mom was very meek in terms of how she showed up in the family, very loving and supportive. But she was definitely not going to uh, overrule my father in any which way. So I was raised with a really dominant father. Mm. And so then I think I took that into my partnership and I let my partner be the boss. Wow. And so when I got out of that, I promised myself never again will I give my power away to somebody who doesn't deserve it. Mm. And that's really where it came down to. Okay. And so uh, from there, I probably swung the pendulum really far the other way. And I did say I will never, and I don't think I ever will, get into a partnership with anybody for the record. Oh, that's good. Wait, go ahead. What? Thank you. I was about to say, that's good. You're just not knocking men. You're knocking No, men. I won't get into a partnership with a woman either. And the reason for that is that I really didn't believe in myself. I didn't know if I could do this on my own. I was scared to go at it alone. And when I finally did, I got out of the partnership and I finally went out on my own. I realized, holy cow, I can do this. No matter if I'm scared. Anthony, I'm like scared every day of some decision that I make in Absolutely. my business. I agree. I, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm like, is this the right decision? I don't know, but I do it anyway. But I do it anyway. And I want women to know that you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have it all figured out. But you do have the power inside you to make something amazing. So my experience is that I won't do it again, but maybe some other people will. But can can you tell me, because I want to talk a little bit about the man thing. Yeah. How, do, how were you or maybe other men feeling in the audience when I was like, I don't need a man to make money? Because I really did say that. And that is actually tiny bit disrespectful to my husband because <laughs> he, he is my rock. Like without him, I'm in a puddle on the ground. So he would give me a side eye if he heard that one. Like if he's in the room right now, he'd be like, I have something to say. But he's not in my business. Right. And yeah. and again, this is, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I was thinking pre-meeting you, pre-hearing, like pre- Please. 
pre-having yeah. a, a friendship with you now, right? Yeah. Um, I, I saw that big, beautiful rock on your hand. And I was <laughs> like, well, you don't need a man to make money, but you need a man only on your personal side. And, and inside of my head, I was like, well, that's kind of disrespectful to the husband because it's like, it's a partnership. He's working hard and doing what he does so you can enjoy the space and the place and flourish where so you right. flourish. So while he may not be in your business, he still created this space and this place where you can flourish. And that's why I was like, whoa, all the guys were like, well, wait, are you, I mean, that rock, you didn't pay for that rock. We know he paid for that rock because we know the caliber of woman that you are. You're not going to buy your ring. He bought that ring. So right. he has some income. So when we yeah. heard that, I was just like, Amy, you just played all the good men in here. You know, You're so right. Oh my gosh, I didn't. I didn't even get that when we got to sit and have dinner. I didn't get it. It was we laughed about yeah, it, blah blah blah. Did. But that, I literally, he does create the space to allow me to do this, and it, and he listens to me when I tell him all my worries and concerns and everything that come up in the business, and he reminds me that I can do it and pushes me back out there to keep going. Like I don't want this business without my husband because I. So you okay. are a hundred percent right. Okay then, let's yeah. go. Okay, Amy, y'all hear that, fellas? She's re- now nah, she's not retracting her statement. She's bringing more a little clarity. bit. No, a little. you bring clarity. You bring clarity. You, you okay. bring clarity, Amy. You 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 the truth. And I had to. I wanted to ask that because it was like, you know, I think a lot of guys. There are a lot of ladies out there who say that, and they really don't understand how offensive that comes off. Because I would never say that I I, I don't need a woman to run a business. Ooh, I will always need my wife, my favor, my best thing um, to run my business. Even if she has nothing to do with the business, she still creates a space where home is taken care of, or, or whatever it is. We are yeah. partners, so um, I, I, I love that, man. Because I think if men yeah. said if men said that, I think oh. we will get slammed by the ladies. You are right. Like, I got away with it because, number one, it was like 90% women in the room. <laughs> it sure was. All the ladies was like, yes, yes, Amy. It's and I'm sitting true. like, They were brothers. egging me on a little. <laughs> I was getting all the, the support I needed in that conversation. Yo, but, man. yes, you make a great point, and I'm so glad we brought that up because yeah. I think that's important for women in business to, to know that uh, if they do have a, a partner in this to cherish that and to respect that because it's important. Yeah. Man, I, 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 I genuinely, I genuinely, when I say this, I love uh, you, Amy. You, you keep it mm-hmm. real. You don't run away from hard conversations. You remind me of my other friend, Rachel Cruz, Dave's daughter. We have uh, some hard Biggest compliment. Yeah, she, I, you and you and Rachel, man, hands down, we can have the hard conversations. <laughs> we can. And this is great. This is absolutely great. Yo, what's going on, fam? Real quick so we can get back to today's show. Listen, we have a brand new home. Yes. So we not just have YouTube, but I've also created a Patreon community so you and I can connect better. Now, I know I am extremely late to the Patreon game, but here's why. Trust, loyalty, and depth. 
You see, I value our relationship and I want to make sure that I created a community that can help you get closer to your goals. So in this community, you guys, we're going to be able to chat more one-on-one. I'm going to be doing live streams only in Patreon, only on Patreon. I also created a brand new show called The Table Uncut. It's only 20, 25 minutes, but I bring people to the table uncut with wine, with some little bourbon, and we're having an honest conversation about life. What are some things that we're doing? It's unscripted and it's real, raw, and relevant. Not only is that, I've also created a private group to where you all would get actually access to some of my new products coming up, some of the events I'm going to be speaking at. You can get into those for free. So listen, I'm going to drop the Patreon community link in today's show notes. I want you to go check it out. Come join the community. Come join the family. I'm cutting it off at a certain number so the first few people to get over there can be a part of this community. It's your boy AO, and I approve this message. Let's get back to today's show. Yo, we just now tuned into the show. Welcome back to the table. It's your boy, Anthony O'Neill, man. Thank you all so much for joining me today. It's Monday, and I have my dear friend, my sister, my sister from another mother, uh, Amy Porterfield, who is one of the best in the business. You all want to keep it locked because now we're about to dive into her expertise, her skill sets, what she's known for. This is a woman, uh, and y'all know me. I call all my friends queens, especially if they're ladies. This is a queen who has built an empire. And yes, I will respectfully say this. She built this without her husband's help and physically in the business. And so I want y'all to dial into this next uh, part of the show because it's going to really help you. So Amy, one of the things and the reason why I wanted you on the show is because I'm very big on making sure that I celebrate and help our queens become successful when it comes to building a business. Um, There are a lot of single mothers out there who unfortunately... um, are not getting help from, you know, their fathers, uh, from the baby's fathers. There are uh, single ladies out there who want to be successful. Um, What would you say are the keys to building a successful, mature business that someone can eventually quit their nine-to-five job to pursue this thing full time? How do we do it? How do they do it? And let's, you know what, let's talk specifically to our ladies. Okay. I love that you said successful, mature business. And when I hear that, I think a business that is here to stay, we're looking for longevity. We're not looking for get rich quick, really uh, kind of process, but we're looking for something that will uh, create a legacy around. And that's really what I think about when I think about successful, mature business. So where do you get started? How do you do something like that? The number one thing is that you've got to look at your expertise, your knowledge, your know-how, your skill set, because everybody has something they can bring to the table to create an online business with. So it might be something that you're getting paid for right now, but it might be something you just do really well on the side that could become a full-time thing. So for example, you might be an accountant, but in your personal life, you have a few Airbnbs that are doing really well Mm. and you're always keeping them full. You always get the best reviews and you're making good money on the side. That could actually become, in my case, a digital course that I teach people how to make, but a business where you're coaching people on that, consulting or creating a digital course around how to have the most successful, profitable Airbnbs. So there's all these different things that you could do. So I promise everyone listening right now, especially the women, you have something in you already that could become a business. So that's the first thing. What is it? What does it look like? The second thing is that you have to consider maybe starting a side gig. You could go 
for it all. I did. I started a business right after leaving corporate and it was really hard the first two years. And what I kind of wish I did was started a side gig where I would do something on the side, make sure it's making money consistently, and then leave my nine to five job and go all in with that one thing that I had created. So think about in terms of creating a successful business, you can start slow, you can start small, you can ease into it, but you have to get started. And that's the thing that most people just don't do. They think about it, but they don't do anything about it. Ooh, that's a good one. Think about it, but they don't do anything about it. Yes. All right, sounds good. Now, there. Now, what would you say is next? Because it's like, prime example. Let me ask you this question. Okay. Facebook and Instagram shut down for a whole day the yep. other day. And I know you have a lot of people out here who are building like influencer businesses. They're building Mm -hmm. online businesses and they live off of, you know, Facebook and Instagram being shut down. Would you say, because I'm learning this as well. Would you say emails are more important than social media? Is it the same or like, is there really money in an email campaign? My favorite question ever. So absolutely, email and subscribers on your email list are more valuable than anything you'll do on social media. In fact, an email subscriber is, or an email will convert four times more than any social media post that you ever do. And there is money in that email list. So let's talk about this. Okay, let's talk about Um, this. The day that Instagram and Facebook went down for hours and hours, I sent an email and made $17,000 with one email. And the coolest thing is that email was already scheduled, but if it hadn't been, I would have rushed to put together an email. $17,000 in a day that social media went down. And the coolest thing about that is I know, just like I don't need a man for business, I also know I don't need social media in order to keep my business alive. Now, I will say social media is very valuable to my business and I love it and I hope it doesn't go away, but it's not the number one asset. My number one asset in my business is my email list. So thank you for bringing this up because anybody who wants to grow a business online, whether you want to create a digital course, a membership site, consulting, coaching, whatever it is, a physical product, if you're doing business online, you must, must, must have an email list of subscribers that are eager to hear from you. And I'm not talking about an email list of 100,000, 200,000, which is more in line with you and I. I'm talking about an email list that's like a couple hundred. That's all you need to do to get started. I have students who, I have one student, he created a digital course about photography. Yeah, He had 100 people on his email list, launched his digital course and made $12,000 with 100 people on his email list. So believe me, I'm not talking about a huge email list. I'm talking about a quality email list. It's, it's, it's you, true. You've, you've, you've proven this. So I, let me answer this question because I think this is something that we really need to really, really focus on, right? Like there are so many people right now who have a small business. Like a lot of my clients, not clients, but a lot of my people who follow me have a hair store online, have an online yes. business boutique. Um, you know, they're selling heads, they're selling clothes, um, they're selling courses. Some of them are selling courses. Some of them want to learn how to make a course. But it sounds like rather than just focusing on building your influence on social media, how do you build your influence via emails? Yeah. Can you give us 
maybe three things, because I know you have a course and y'all, trust me, we are going to launch her course. We're going to link her uh, course in the show description below on how to really build an email list. And y'all, I'm going to take it because I need yeah. to grow it. I need to grow it. So, um, because I have something coming out next year that I'm just like, yo, I need an email list, a stronger email list. I'm so, so I'm going to do it. So I want y'all to check it out. Um, so we're going to drop her information in the show notes before, uh, not before, below. Um, so you can go check the course out. And it's very, very affordable, y'all. So trust yeah. me, you're going to love it. But what are like the top two things to start an email list that we should do? Okay. So what I teach my students is number one, you've got to get... Uh, email service provider. Okay. And the coolest thing is, and I suggest which one is my favorite and most affordable in my course, but the coolest thing is they are not expensive and you can even get started for free as your email list is small, but you have to get the software. Now, the software today is so much easier than when I started 13 years ago. So I promise you do not need anyone to help you. You can figure it out. Mm. Once you have an email service provider, like, let me give you an example, ConvertKit. That's my favorite, but that's there's- the one that I'm using. Yes. Oh, perfect. You're Boom. using the best one. <laughs> yes. So yeah, ConvertKit's my favorite. There's other ones like AWeber and MailChimp and all of that. But, and quite honestly, most of them are really great. So you're good to go. Okay. Number two, you've got to get a lead magnet a freebie, a giveaway, all the words mean the same thing. And so what that means is it might be you record a 20 minute audio or a PDF, like a cheat sheet, a checklist, a guide. Maybe it's a quick video training that you do, but you're giving value away for the name and email, which is a hot commodity. You've got to treat every name and email as a hot commodity. And remember that if they're on your email list, that is a human being, that is a beating heart behind that subscriber. Right. So treat them as such. So that leads me to the third point. So number one, you got to get the software. Number two, you've got to create some kind of freebie and say, hey, guys, I've got this freebie. Here, go sign up for it. That's yeah. how you start growing your email list. That's where social media becomes really valuable. Okay. The third thing is you've got to nurture that email list. I don't care if you have five people or 500 people on your email list. I want you reaching out to them on a weekly basis. Weekly. And if that's too much, every other week. At the, at the least, okay? Now, when you say weekly, will that kind of annoy our people? Should we be giving them something? Like, what should we be doing in that weekly? Love moment? your question. And again, and I know this is inside your course, but I'm just, I'm trying to convince the people to go get yeah. your course. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is good. I'm glad we're talking about this. So what the heck are you emailing this list every single week? Right. And especially when your list is small in the beginning, it's like feels hard to figure out what to send them. Well, like in your case, you have a podcast. Right. So how often does your podcast come out? Every Monday. Perfect. Every single Monday morning, you're emailing your list. Hey guys, got a new podcast. Do you already do that? No. Wait, watch your downloads explode. Oh my God, I just got chills throughout my whole body. I shouldn't be as excited as I get on this stuff. But let me tell you why, because I'm like, I don't, I, I'm scared to why? have people unsubscribe to my email list. And then I feel like I'm I'm annoying them. And I think a lot of people, Amy, are going to feel that. Yes. Like, I don't want to bother them. I don't want them to say, oh, this is too much. And then they drop off. It's like, right. that's why okay. I haven't done it. But you're convicting me and oh, right. uh, tribe. Y'all gonna be getting emails every day now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, let's not go wild here. Every Monday, if, okay, your personality is so fun. So like every time I talk to you, I just love everything you say. Yeah. That's how your audience feels about you. So if every Monday you send out just a really short email, 
with your humor and told people why this week's podcast is an absolute must listen to. I'm talking a few lines if you want to keep it short, but just letting them know I got something new for you. This is why you don't want to miss it. Click here. Boom. Go. Some people will stay on the list. Some people won't, but those that will, they get to know you even more and they're connected to you because we buy from people that are top of mind. We want to work with people that are constantly uh, showing up for us and giving value. Mm. So you absolutely should send your list an email once a week, every Monday, telling them you have a new podcast. And if for some reason that feels like too much, every other week, okay? At least every other week. No, I mean, but if if the expert you are saying every week is doable and it, it will grow, I'm doing every week. Why, why well, go every other so. week? I hope you do. Because when I don't email, let's say I'm in a promo and I, I don't have a slot on my email list to email about my podcast, my downloads will go down. It significantly affects my downloads because my audience is used to be getting reminded, oh, she's got a podcast episode this week. So a lot of people will find me without the email, but a lot of people will be reminded with that email. With that so email. That, so, but a lot of people are listening right now and they're like, wait a second, this is great for both of you, but I don't have an email. I, I don't have a podcast. Yeah. What am I emailing about? So that's when and you can decide. I do believe down the road, whenever you're ready, you should have a podcast or a blog or a video show. My preference is podcast or video show. I think they're more impactful. But you want to create original content. So this is where you start to set yourself up as the go-to source. Whatever you want to create, a digital course, membership, part, um, product, whatever. If you're showing up and creating original content, it might even be an IG Live once a week. It doesn't have to be as specific as a blog or a podcast. An IG Live once a week, you're showing up creating original content. And you can let your audience know on email, hey, I've got an IG Live this week and I'm diving into that topic you've always wanted, XYZ, I'll see you there. It's just letting them know that you're adding value. 85% of the time I'm giving value, the rest of the time I'm promoting. And that's what I do in my emails as well. I'm texting uh, my team right now. We, <laughs> I love it. I need details. <laughs> we, that is going to make We are doing it. And it's, and it's, I've just always been scared to turn off my tribe. I, I don't want to do something that turns them off. But it sounds like what you're saying is give them something. Give, give, yes. give. You yes. know, uh, keep them informed. Keep them up to date on what's happening. Keep giving them stuff that will help them. Um, keep impacting their lives. And then whenever you do sell something, hey, they're, they're used to getting emails. They are. They're, they're paying attention. Like this weekend, I noticed you posted a picture. Were you with your family? Um, At a you were looking very sharp. Okay, thank that was your family. You. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked, I really liked your outfit. Yeah. And um, that would be a fun picture on a Monday morning to put in an email and say this weekend, I got to spend time with my family uh, and like a little, little antidote around that. And by the way, somehow relate it back to the podcast, by the way, I got a podcast, blah, blah, blah. So make it fun because that's your personality. Your personality is just fun and easygoing and people want to know you more. Amy, do you like, like, do you, uh, I mean, you have time to sit down. Do you charge like hourly rates? Well, right you and I are buddies. So any, <laughs> you have, call me or text me anytime. And we live in the same town. So I'll give you all these tips. Hey, listen. So is all of this inside of your course? This and more, yeah. That okay. what kind of content to create, how to create content, how to set up your email service provider, how to create a lead magnet, how to come up with an idea of a lead magnet, like everything you need to know to grow your email list. Oh, man, listen. Listen, you guys, we're going to drop that in the show description. I want y'all to go check it out um, because I'm telling you right now, this is important. I think if we are going to 
launch a business, there are steps that you have to do it in. And it sounds like right now, especially in today's day and time, I, I did a research. I was doing some research and a, a recent study came out, Amy, and it said that the number one rising small business type are online content creators, YouTubers, bloggers, course creators. They are the ones that is the fastest growing type of small business. So if that's you watching right now, boutique shops or selling hair online or doing courses or teaching, whatever that is, if you're an influencer doing YouTube, blogging, whatever that is, man, it sounds like the number one thing you need to master uh, is (laughs) your emails. And yes. so this is absolutely amazing. So we're going to drop that below. Um, and Amy, I, I thank you so much for, for your time today because this, this is important. Now, for the people who missed your course that you just launched, you just launched yes. this whole course on your other expertise is teaching people how to actually launch an actual digital course. Yes, it's called Digital Course Academy. I just started a new course, so it's not available now. It will become available in the future again. But it's all about how to create and launch a digital course from scratch. So remember in the beginning, we talked about taking your expertise, your knowledge, your know-how. Yeah. Well, I believe everybody has a digital course in them. And you could literally create an entire online business around your digital course. So if you've gotten results for yourself or for somebody else, and you teach how you got those results in a course, you are golden. So a lot of my students start out with like, Amy, I lost a hundred pounds and I know exactly how to do it for a certain type of busy mom or whatever. I can teach people how to do that. Or like Terry, like look what Terry did. She's one of my most favorite people on this planet. Could she be nicer? Let's just first put that out there. Could she be any nicer? She no. could not be. I'm serious. No, she, she, could. she is like the coolest chick. So with that, though, she created this course. She first got results for herself about trading. Then she created a course to teach other people how she got results. And then other people started to get results. So now she's got a bunch of people behind her. But first it was just her. Yes. She got results. Yes. So everybody has a digital course in them. So if you listen to my podcast, I will drop tons of nuggets free about how to get started with the digital course and an email list. When I open up the program again next year, we would love to invite you guys in. Now, you only open this up about maybe once or twice a year. Yes. And so everyone, listen right now. I'm going to drop her Instagram um, and all of her social media contact information below. You all need to go join her email list and join mine too. But definitely go join hers. Follow her on Instagram because listen here, queens and kings, we can learn from Amy as well. Let's just be real. She loves the ladies. That's all good and gravy. Uh, (laughs) But I do believe that if we can subscribe to her and follow her um, when she releases this course next year, listen, my friend um, Terry, our friend Terry made $10 million on Teachable in the year of 2020. On Teachable. So she had the skill, like Amy said, she um, came, became an expert in her skill, took the expert, turned it into teaching, made $10 million on top of her skill. I mean, seriously, she has one of the best stories ever. Hands down. I know hundreds and hundreds of people who have been able to do it. So if you think that, oh, Terry's extra special, if that entered your mind, I promise you she's not. She just was willing to take what she already learned and teach it. And that is very doable for you as well if you're listening right now. So I hope you at least explore it. Oh, yeah. My people are going to explore. I'm going to tell you all right now. Um, (laughs) Because uh, Terry is not a pro at teaching people how to launch courses. She's a pro at teaching people how to trade single stocks. 
Amy Porterfield is a pro at teaching you how to take this from here and turn that into this right here. Uh, this is a woman who makes a multi, not just one, not just two, but three, four million dollars a year. You know, I know some of her private stuff. She got houses. You know what I'm saying? So listen, if you, what I teach you last week, I said, hey, find you someone who's doing what you're doing and go learn from them. Right now, until next year, go build your email list up. So when she opens up her course, then you already have a solid email list because you took that course. Now she can teach you how to turn this, turn it into something very good. And now you're making, you may not make a, a couple of millions your first year, but you'll make six figures. You know, you can grow something. She made $17,000 when we were all sitting here scrolling <laughs> and rechecking his Instagram back up. While, re, while we are rechecking, she's over there getting this money. Getting the money. Right? It was so good. It was a good day. Oh, man, I'm so frustrated, y'all. So, Amy, thank you so much. Uh, for the people who want to look up more information, where can they find more information about you before we do the table uncut, uh, where I ask you some more fun and deep, deeper, a little, little bit deeper personal questions, but where can they find you? Thank you for asking. So my most favorite place to serve is my podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy. And then Instagram is where you can DM me and I'm in my own Instagram. So it's at Amy Porterfield. Yo, I love you, Amy. You love are you. amazing. All right, Amy, so let's have some fun here. This is called Let the Table Uncut, where we just have this. This is like um, people do this, like they come over to just really get some more personal questions about you to learn from you. Um, and it'd be fun. So okay. here's the very first question. Uh, so, Amy, what is the best and worst purchase you've ever made your entire life? So your best and your worst. Okay. So best purchase I ever made is we bought this Nashville home in cash. And that just felt really good. It took us you a long time to do cash. so. Yeah. So that was this was our best purchase we ever made because it just makes us feel secure. Wow. So I would say best purchase. Um, worst purchase I've ever made. Oh. I know it like it was yesterday. In business, I, you're always told spend money because then you could, um, it will save in taxes. Yeah. You know, when you get like to the end and they're like, you better spend a little bit more money or this Uncle Sam's going to get it. Right. I spent $20,000 on this person who is going to um, create a bunch of surveys for me in my business. I didn't know much about her. I didn't know anything about her process, but I kept being told spend money, spend money before the end of the year. $20,000 and I got nothing for it. And it was because I was freaked out and I got desperate at the end. I'll never do that again. Are you serious? Yeah. So let me ask you this question because a lot of people, especially like in, in, in our space, right? Um, they'll say, well, why spend, why pay cash for the house? Now, I that's my ultimate goal is to, you know, I'll be moving to, uh, to the Maryland area soon. And uh, my goal is to, I won't be able to pay cash for it, but I do want to be able to pay it off within like two years. Why did you and your husband decide to pay cash for this home rather than keep some of that cash and put it back into your business? What was what was that deciding factor for y'all? So it's funny you say that because our financial advisor is like, why don't you just get a really low mortgage? I mean, mortgages are amazing right now, especially when we bought the house a year ago yeah. and then reinvest our, a lot of that money. He That was his recommendation. And what we said is that, we just want to make sure we always have a backup plan. Just like if if something were to happen and and we needed to sell the house, right? We could just be like, 
sell the house. If we don't, you know, we're not that tied to it yeah. and we'll be fine. We just always want to make sure that we, again, I think I have a control issue <laughs> because <laughs> I just want to make sure that I'm in control and no one else is. I so love it. That's why. And we were really proud. You know, I come from parents, um, blue collar. My dad was a firefighter. My mom was a hairstylist, like blue collar parents that saved money. And that's always been in my world. And my dad always said, do what you can to buy your own house. So it's funny how like our childhood shapes us so incredibly um, deep. And so that was one of the things my always my dad always encouraged. No, I love it. I love it. So let's stay right there. Um, Who out there inspires you right now? Ooh, who inspires me right now? So this is, um, I'm not going to name a celebrity, which I usually would just think of some celebrity really quickly, but this is very much the truth. I just went through a launch. And when I go through a launch of my program, Digital Course Academy, I get all these new success stories from my team. Like, look what she did. Look what she did. And I get to tell the stories. Right. And there's this one woman, her name is Ajel. She is um, an African-American woman and she is a force. And she was in the toy industry in her corporate job. And um, she left her corporate job to become the toy coach, teaching other people in a digital course how to create uh, toys and get them out into the market. Very different, right? This is to prove that you can create a course just about anything. Yeah. She's launched it twice. The first time, I think it was around $23,000. The second time she made $34,000. And this is a woman who took the leap from a corporate job and took something super abstract to turn it into a digital course. Women like that literally inspire me every day and why I get out of bed because her whole life changed. She left her corporate job, which we all know a nine to five job can be soul sucking and she didn't want to do it anymore. Ah, man, yo, you, 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 and this, this is hitting good. All right. Next question. What's something new you're learning right now? So you're an expert. I mean, you make, you make a lot of money, but I'm still wondering what are you learning every day? Oh my gosh, I'm screwing up every day as well, just for the record. (laughs) So like every day. So the question is, what's something I'm learning right now? Yep. Okay, so something I'm learning right now is that I don't have all the answers and I don't need to have all the answers. Something recently happened in my business where we actually didn't hit the big goal, like the big scary goal we set. Mm -hmm. We made a lot of money, but I I wanted to reach this really big goal and we didn't make it. Right. And- uh, now to transition into, okay, what's the next thing we're going to work on? I'm not really sure. And so I looked at my team and I said, I don't have all the answers just yet, but if you give me some time, I'll figure it out. And so many of them came to me and said, we so respect you just telling us where your head is right now versus pretending you've got all the answers. Mm-hmm. And I think I got more respect from my team. So I'm learning that I don't need to have every answer every minute and I can ask for some time. Yeah. I'm learning that same thing. I, I really am, especially within my new transition. You know, it's yes. It's you're, yeah, like, you're going through a lot of transition right now. So, like, lot. you you're figuring it out. I get. I bet. I am. I've made yeah. so many mistakes. I've hired <laughs> so many people that I wasted money on that didn't that didn't come right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I totally get it. Um, what is one thing and you got to think about this one? When it comes to the world today, what is one thing you would change about the world today? Ooh. Oh, so one thing that I would change about the world today, I would, I don't know the answer. I don't know. Again, I don't know the answer. I don't know how you do this, but I would make it easier 
for voices that don't typically get heard, especially in entrepreneurship, to be able to step up and have a place at the table a whole lot easier. Mm. Um, I... So not to get into all the details, but I didn't have enough diversity on my podcast a few years ago. Uh And we made a goal to have more voices, specifically women of color, on my podcast. My podcast is not only grown, done better, but it's uh, way more interesting now that I did that. And so if I'm one tiny little online business, imagine if so many more of us, especially uh, white women, white men would actually make more space. And even if this is another thing, I don't get me on my soapbox, but it's important. Ooh. Even if that person's not super successful, I have a business that last year we made $16 million in this business. Ah! And, and if I, and I only say that, I typically don't bring that up, but I, this is important. This for is this a private group of people. This is not, right? I got you, Amy, but thank you, Lord. I'm connected right. to this. Yes. <laughs> okay. But this is where, it, where it's important. I made all that money last year and with the help of my beautiful team, yeah. but I shouldn't just look for other women that are making that much money and invite them into my world to share women that have made a hundred thousand dollars in their business still have really important stuff to say. And I made the mistake of looking for people that were like equally um, equal to me in terms of what I was making. And that was a huge mistake. It was cutting off so much great value from people. So I think that's important to not look, just don't allow, don't invite people to your table just because they're ultra successful like you. Invite them to the table because they have something really valuable to share. I'm done. (laughs) I don't even want to ask the next question. I want to end it right there. Because I always tell people, Amy, I, I remember when I was um, uh, working with Ramsey, someone asked me, do I believe in white privilege? And I said, yeah, I believe in black privilege, too. I believe privilege is a real deal, and I don't think privilege is necessarily wrong. I think how we steward our privilege is where yes. we go wrong. And what yes. I hear you saying is, hey, I have these privileges, but I'm going to I'm not going to reach down because they're below me. But no. I make 17 million. She makes 100,000. Let me go and bring her to the table because she's just as smart. She's wise. Yes. And she needs someone who can bring her to the table. He needs yes. someone who can bring her to the table. And there were tables that I could bring Dave Ramsey to that he couldn't get into. And there were tables that he brought me to that I couldn't get to. But we steward the privilege as well. And I think that's where people get so confused is I think um, people just mismanage. They miss steward uh, their privilege. So thank you for for, I, for doing that. Well, I love how you said that. So um, I'm going to remember that about how I steward my privilege. That's and it. yeah, that, that is, is important. I've never said it like that, but I love it and I will. It. I mean, rich people have privileges, black people, white people. Um, you know, some people get upset with me because, you know, they're like, oh, white privileges. Da, da, da. I say, yeah, but I mean, they're just misdoing their privileges because God made you white. God made me black. So we can't get upset with that. We just got to steward now who we are and the opportunities that we have and the privileges that we do have. So amen yo, to that. You are amazing, Amy. Thank you so much for joining me here at the table and the table uncut today. Uh, you killed it. I mean, you, Thank you absolutely so much. I'm such a fan of yours. So I can't I love our new friendship. And thanks for having me on the show. Yo, such an amazing time with my friend, Amy Porterfield. But I wanted to make sure that I leave you with this. 
if you have a nine to five job and you're growing a business, you might be wondering, okay, Anthony, I just got this great information from Amy. I've been following your brand. I've been listening to a lot of different people talk about, you know, take your message and turn it into a profit. But hey, when is it the right time to actually quit my job and work for myself? That's a great question. And here are eight things you need to have in place before you quit your job and dedicate yourself to your business full-time. Here's number one. Make sure that your business earns at least 1.5 times your monthly check at work. Oftentimes, I see people leave their job because they may, they have a real good month, but then, you know, they're like, yo, I can leave my job. No, 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 no. Make sure that on, uh, consistently for at least a period of six months to a year, you've been able to make the same money and you can project that you will make the same money at least 1.5 times your monthly check at work. Now, check this out. When you're getting at least 1.5 times your monthly, right? You're actually going to go up to about two times once you're actually able to dedicate that to yourself full time because now you have more time. With more time means you be able to make should be able to make more money. What I do not want to do, what I do not want to see, is you leave your job because you had a good month or because you had a real big check, but you don't have something consistently coming in. So number one, make sure that your business earns at least 1.5 times your monthly check at your work. Number two. You have to have a clear vision for your business. Y'all, what are you doing? This shouldn't be just a hobby that, you know, oh man, I think I'm gonna take it on full time. No, you need to sit down with some mentors. You need to sit down with some people in this particular space and make sure that you identify what's the vision, how are you gonna work that vision, what's the plan, all right? You gotta have a detailed plan so that way you can scale long-term. Number three, Make sure you're completely debt-free. Listen to me clearly. The last thing you want to do is get out there, start a business, and then also on your personal life, you're struggling, you're living paycheck to paycheck because your personal life is going to put this demand on you financially to not only make money so you can provide and scale your business long-term, but then also you need to make money so you can pay off this debt and have a lifestyle. No, get out of debt first. Get a fully funded emergency fund for your personal account first. Then once you have a solid foundation for your personal life, then we can get into, all right, let's start a business. Because here's the truth. You're going to go through some ups and you're going to go through some downs during that season. Trust your boy, <laughs> all right? You're going to have some months, you make, some months you make a lot of money, then some months you're not going to make as much. So what I'm telling you is at least make sure your personal life is taken care of. So this way, when you launch your business, you are prepared for the hard times that are coming. It will come. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. Number four, uh, make sure you can identify and find in a good accountant for tax purposes. I have a show coming up here soon uh, with my personal accountants and CPAs uh, because I need someone that can really teach me how to properly write off the things correctly. So this way I'm not getting in trouble with my with the IRS. I'm not having, if I get audited, at least I have everything in place. And you know what? I can honestly save money because when you do launch a business, there are some things that you can honestly you know, save and do the proper thing. So listen to me clearly. Get you a real good accountant uh, for tax purposes. Here's number five. 
have a fully funded emergency fund. Three months for your personal side, and I would definitely say three to six months for your business side. Because, you know, businesses, depending on season, if something like COVID hits again, you want to make sure that your business can at least maintain itself for at least three to six months. And I would say whatever you have on your business side, have on your personal side. So this way, it's well-balanced. So if your business can go six months, make sure your home can go six months. Remember, a fully funded emergency fund simply means what are the bare minimums that we need to survive, all right? What is our mortgage, okay? What is our rent on the business side? Um, you know, what, what do we need? Our, our employees, our staff, you know, any bills that we have, electricity bills, stuff like that. Make sure that we have those things in place inside of emergency fund. Don't forget, I park my emergency fund at Prize Pool. Their information is, the show description, is in the show description below. I do not recommend them for a business account, but I do recommend them for a personal account. So check out my friends over at Prize Pool uh, to where you can park your emergency fund for your personal side. But for your business account, that should be connected to your checking account for your business. All right. Number six, have a solid, a solid clientele and repeat customers or consistent clients. Don't leave because you signed one client or don't leave because, you know, you just cut one hair or you just done one hair or you sold this one product. No, make sure that you've built a clientele that demanded you to actually leave. Okay. Make sure you can, you, you know, you have people out there who love what you have to offer, who love what you're selling, who love what you are doing. So this way you have a consistent clientele, a.k.a. some revenue coming in your business on a regular basis. Number seven, have your health insurance set up. Figure this out some kind of way. Make sure you, at least you have your medical, okay? Um, make sure your medical is taken care of. Make sure you have a good medical, I even say a medical savings account set aside for like your dental and vision. I don't really do dental insurance nor vision insurance. I just actually kind of just um, added a little bit more to my savings account, emergency savings, savings account for my medical expenses just in case if something does happen. Here's the last one, which is so important, number eight. Be humble enough to be the CEO, secretary, and janitor. When you first start your business, yes, it's going to be your business. But you know what? You may have to go out there and and, and book your own stuff. Um, be your own secretary. Uh, manage your own calendar. And you know what? You may have to get out there and do the nasty stuff, the not-so-fun stuff, the not-so-popular the not stuff. Um, and that's okay. You want to be humble. Yes, you are the CEO of your company, but show people that, you know what, you're in a new season, you're willing to learn, you're willing to ask the right questions, and you're willing to serve them. And when you have that humble spirit, people will work with you more. People want to help you get uh, closer and closer to your vision and to your goals. So those are the eight things that I recommend that you have in place before quitting your eight to five job. Now, before we leave, I want to leave you with a scripture and affirmation for the week. Uh, today's scripture comes from Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Today's affirmation. All my thoughts and efforts lead me to the success I desire. Ooh, say that again with me. All my thoughts and efforts lead me to the success I desire. Yo, we've had an amazing show. 
I want you to go check out the show description. Uh, click on the link to, to join Amy's Porterfield's um, podcast uh, to learn how to build your email list. Click the link in the show description so you, so you, so you can go be successful and experience everything you desire. It's your boy, Anthony O'Neill, and I'm going to see you on the next show. Peace.